Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Football season, basketball season, basketball during football season. Great time of year. What's up, everybody? Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coulter Nuanas, Krista Redpath coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio. Thanks so much for being here with us on your Thursday. Ton to get to today. Uh, should be a fun show. We are continuing our Where Are They Now series as part of our Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, one of our most popular segments around here. Chris Redpath, our uh, Big Sky Conference analyst, joining us in studio. And this week, we break the streak of former Lady Grizz. we got a former Lady Bobcat coming up, Fallon Frigi. She was a Montana State star pretty recently. She was a senior in 2019-2020, the Big Sky Conference's MVP. And uh, a young lady, actually, it's funny, because I do so many interviews around here. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, so many of our guests are so good, but it's hard for interviews to like stand out from the rest of the crowd that I just distinctly remember. I would say Fallon Frigi had one of the great debuts on this show ever as far as like the first time coming on. She's such a well-spoken, thoughtful gal. I, I can't wait to catch up with her. She's one of my favorites I've covered at Montana State, even though she was only there for a year. So this will be a fun one. So personable. I have messaged back and forth with Fallon even during the Bobcat runs in the last couple tournaments. She and I are on DMs for Twitter and she's commenting and she's just so invested. We, uh, well, we'll get to Fallon here in just a few minutes, and uh, she'll join us for the first two segments here uh, of the show. We're also going to talk some more baseball. Uh, it's funny. I've been trying to get all of you to tell me why I should get back into Major League Baseball. It turns out maybe I'm just a drama queen. I love the drama, and the drama that's been going on, and that's why I love the NBA. There's so much drama in the NBA, 
But the drama that's been going on in Major League Baseball and all of the the juice behind this Juan Soto trade and just the shift of the pitter race. I mean, this was a big-time trade deadline. So we're going to get with Andrew Houghton, our producer, our main man behind the glass, and to talk winners and losers and, and other things when it comes to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, but also now into the part of the season where I'm really intrigued and in, in starting to pay attention. Playoff races are upon us. Who are the contenders? Who upgraded during the trade deadline? Some of the other main baseball storylines. Top of the second hour, we will get uh, a good dose of our great friend Carolyn. Chicka doesn't know sports. Her and I recorded on Tuesday, so a lot of laughs for you uh, coming up about 5 o'clock. And then we'll continue to talk about, of course, college football. The first day of fall camp at Montana State today. The first day of fall camp for the Grizzlies Friday. Don't jump the gun, though. Grizz won't be taking the practice field till Monday. So this is the way that Bobby Houck does this. I actually can't wait to ask him about the why, because he's done this for, I think, three years now with the Grizzle Open Camp, and they'll have like two or three administrative-slash-classroom days where they're doing a bunch of install. It's education-based, no physical activity, nothing on the field. And then they hit the ground running, and you have to think that he wants to prepare the guys mentally for what they're then going to endure physically. But uh, no practice this weekend, so don't be wandering down to Dorn Blizzard Field uh, thinking you're going to see the Grizzlies but how about this? I'll meet you on Tuesday, or excuse me, on Monday at 2.30. And I can't wait to get my eyes on the Grizz. Can't wait to get my eyes on the Bobcats. I was actually sad, you know, being in Bozeman yesterday for media day. Got to see a bunch of the guys over there, uh, but I didn't get a chance to see practice. I know it's funny because a lot of people are like, man, why do you love watching football practice so much? I just love it. You learn so much from it. And, you know, there's 100 guys on a football roster. You only get to see, like, 40 of them on a Saturday. So, you know, you get to see all the young guys and guys maybe you cover in high school. And football practice, is, it's just fun to watch. Well, this last Sunday, the Grizz held their last youth camp. Totally. And so I got a chance to come in there, and they had the hype video. They had all of it going in there. It was so loud. Had a chance to visit with Bobby Houck, and he's looking ready to go. Yeah, for sure. I know Coach Houck is exceptionally excited for this season. You could actually honestly almost argue that this is the biggest football season in the history of Bobby Houck's head coaching career because he's the head coach of a team where his son is a senior All-American. That's never going to happen again. They could have all sorts of great runs after this. He is never going to coach his son as a senior on a Grizz team ever again. I know he knows that because you can tell he's enjoying it at a very high level. So there's a lot of excitement coming into uh, this football season. We'll talk some football here. Uh, during hour number two. So there you go. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Bet you Brent's going to be down there at practice one day next week. So maybe I'll see you out there, buddy, in case you're listening. Uh, Brent and his team, official realtors of Grizz Athletics. No matter where you are in uh, Western Montana, if you have any real estate questions, give Brent and his team a call today. You can always stream Nuanas now on the ESPN Montana app. You can always watch us, SWX Montana Television. And you can always go to our station website, listen live, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, call us or text us. Let's text us right now, though, because we're going to go to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line in just a minute here. Fallon Frigi around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Where are they now? But if you want to be a part of the show, you have questions for Fallon, you have feedback for us, questions about fall camp for either the Grizz or the Bobcats, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us at that number. Before we get to Fallon Freeji, we have all sorts of great sponsors for this segment, including this week, once again, our great friends at Man Mortgage. Appreciate Rob Fleming and his team. Man Mortgage is your local hometown mortgage lender. If you're looking to buy or build a new home this year, refinance to a lower rate, or 
Use your home's equity for an exciting new project. Make sure to call Man Mortgage, a family-owned Montana company. Man Mortgage has been serving Montana's communities statewide since 1989. Man Mortgage, tried, trusted, and proven. Krista, you have a very nice summer outfit. It's funny because most of the people that work at Missoula Broadcasting Company are a bunch of lovely women. And uh, so you are a hit every time you walk in on Thursday. Everybody wants to see your outfit, see what's going on. They said your shorts are great. They look great, but the... uh, the females that work here at Missoula Broadcasting, particularly intrigued. So uh, g- another good outfit from Clover. Well, Clover's just been phenomenal this season, this whole summer series dressing me. I'm wearing some more velvet and so thankful to Shannon Callahan for her incredible design look. And she's also an interior designer. Her store is amazing. Go and check them out. Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, Where Are They Now edition, our first Bobcat of the series. We welcome in on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, Fallon Frigi, she was a Montana State senior during a 2020 season that unfortunately got cut short, played overseas, and uh, now I hear some good news. Fallon, thanks so much for being with us. We'll start exactly right there because I remember when you first came on this show several years ago, and you were talking about when you were transferred from North Dakota to Montana State, and you mentioned that you had a dream about being a dentist, and I hear you have good news on that front, so I'll tell the people about that. Yes, I do. So um, a big step in going to dental school and becoming a dentist is like MCAT is most commonly heard of for med school. It's the DAT. So the DAT is for dental school. Um, It's really just a hefty, hefty test, a beast of a test, I would call it. A bunch of different topics on all the required classes you had to take throughout your undergrad. Um, and you had to get A's and B's. Um, you could have a couple C's in those, but, I mean, of course, to get your chances up, A's and B's, and then it's almost like a final over all these classes. Um, so normally, normal students take that end of their junior year, uh, going into their senior year, but I, of course, was a redshirt, a fifth-year undergrad student, and I knew I wanted to play in Europe. Um, so I put that test on hold, and I've studied for the last about five months and I just took my test yesterday and I, um, excuse me, two days ago, Tuesday, and I scored really well, which was a relief because I was not scoring that high on my practice test. So it was awesome to see that screen pop up. I was in disbelief that I scored that well in all those sections. So yes, step one is done, I would say. <laughs> well, it's very exciting for you. Congratulations. You have great teeth. Is that the motivation for, for being a dentist? I I, I remember you, ha- you, have a great, smile. you have a great smile. So I mean, what, what, but honestly, Here, though, what, look at it. what made you interested in going into dentistry? Yeah, so my mom is actually a chiropractor, um, and of course, playing basketball my whole life and sports, I just think the human body is so fascinating, Um, injuries and whatnot, and just how muscles work together and everything, and I mean, aside that, just our organs and how everything works, I've just always been a fan of, you know, anatomy and science and um, everything of that sort, so I actually really wanted to be a surgeon. Um, like a, a orthopedic surgeon, sports surgeon was my dream. Mm. We have a family friend of ours that does that. But as I grew up a little bit, I realized um, I was quite emotional. I never really had much emotion growing up. So I just thought, you know, if I had to amputate a leg, even though it's helping the patient, I just don't know if I would be emotionally well doing that sort of stuff. Um, and then I, that was kind of through high school. So then I switched gears. My senior year, I was going to do um, pediatric uh, surgery. I thought, you know, just little kids. I love kids, but once again, emotionally, that would be a big toll. So, both of those were 
in my mind, but I just didn't think I emotionally could do them. Um, and dentistry, I've always loved going to the dentist since I was little. So my senior year, uh, about September, October, my senior year in high school, I had um, braces once before prior for just like six to eight months. It was really minimal. Um, but my senior year, I had one little bottom tooth that started to shift. And I just remember just begging my parents to get it fixed. And they were, you know, of course, braces are expensive. And they're like, we are not. It's fine. No one can see it. And I just kept telling them, but I can feel it. It bothers me. And this was months of begging for them. So my mom said one day, she was like, well, how about you just become a dentist then? And I just kind of started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, that's medical, um, emotionally, not as taxing. So I just really looked into it. And then, of course, I just ended up getting braces on the bottom for six months um, just to fix one little tooth. And I had to sign a note, and we still have it by our phone, that said that I would pay them back every penny Hilarious. once I became a dentist. That's from awesome. getting braces that second time when, of course, I didn't need them. But for me, I needed them. So, yes, I've always really t- cared about my teeth. Um don't ask me about flossing, though, because I definitely don't do that as much as I should. <laughs> but, yes, I've I've always just loved the medical world, and dentistry just really has stood out to me. And then after, you know, in, um, internships and job shadowing, different dentists um, throughout college, it's just every time I leave, I'm excited, and I definitely know it's it's the path for me. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Chris Redpath joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in studio. It's our Where Are They Now series here on Nuanez Now. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. We'll come back to uh, some of the here and now and, and the the future of the dentist school and stuff like that, but let's catch people up on what you've been up to between Montana State and uh, now this, this new endeavor, this new pursuit for you. I know you played overseas for a little while, so just take people through yeah. your journey and, and everywhere that you were at and uh, everywhere you made stops. And I know you were in Sweden and Germany as well, so just tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's been crazy um, as everyone and everything post-COVID. Of course, just how the season ended in the school year, being a senior, no graduation, all those stuff. um, That was really hard, but of course, everyone was going through hard things during that time. Um, So yes, I did end up, thankfully, um, there wasn't a lot of contracts happening to go to Europe that next fall, um, fall of 2020, but Sweden, actually, um, they weren't as with their COVID rules. So I did actually get an offer from Sweden. And um, I had a fantastic agent. Um, shout out to him. He's been awesome, has been awesome the whole journey with me. But, you know, he just said, I think we could get you on a better team. But given the circumstances and, you know, environments and everything, um, you're definitely capable of more. But let's just start here because I wasn't, there's was a lot of places that were still shut down and didn't know if they would have a basketball season and stuff. So, for me, just wanting to play and, of course, get back into it as quick as I could after the ending of COVID with my senior year, um, I did it. I took it, I signed it, and I went to Sweden, um, just south of Gothenburg. So I was on the west coast of Sweden. Um, I was there uh, for about four or five months. Um, I came back home right before Christmas, just a couple of days before Christmas. Um, this wasn't really working out. The team dynamics, young, really young team. Of course, with COVID, they couldn't. Money-wise, every team was getting cut short, so they couldn't bring as many imports over. Um, so we were playing with high school girls, and it was really interesting. It was really unique. Uh, once again, though, I was just so thankful to be able to have a jersey on and be on a team and all that stuff. So it was a tough choice, but I did end up coming home, and then. 
I mean, thankfully, I just totally believe it was God aligning all the things that had to happen. There was an opening on a team in Germany. And Germany, of course, their top division is a great country. There's some ex-WNBA players, current WNBA players there. So that was just like, wow, yes, like this is where I felt I could be. Um, and I had an opportunity to go to Heidelberg, Germany uh, after Christmas. So it would have been about January of 21. So I did that. And when I got to the team there, they were struggling that season. They had a, three girls with injuries that were season ending. Their American got ACL tear. Another American still was out from a foot thing. So they were playing with five, six girls and not winning very many games. Um, it's definitely tough. You know, in Europe, it's a whole different world of basketball, different styles, plays, physicality, size. I mean, a lot of girls are six feet and taller at the three, four, five position. So they were really struggling. Um, so it was fun. I just got to come in. I, I flew in. I had to sit out so many days with COVID protocols and isolate myself. But once I was cleared, I, I practiced one morning and that night was a light shoot around and I played five games in about seven days right off the plane after I was cleared to play. So that was pretty fun. I mean, we just jumped right into it. I didn't have to sit out too long. Um, I mean, once again, it was tough. We weren't winning a lot of games. Very uniquely, though, we didn't make the playoffs because of the record, but um, we made the cup, the German cup for our league. So what that is, is you play all the teams in your league almost in like a tournament bracket style, single elimination. So we actually made the final four in that. So we got to play in that, which was such a cool environment, such a big deal um, for that league and that in the country, of course, and getting to play in Euro Cup if you win that. We ended up taking second, but that was, I mean, just like a playoff experience, even though, like I said, ironically, we didn't even make the playoffs. Um, so that was super cool. I loved the team. I loved the town. Heidelberg, Germany, beautiful. Um, and then I ended up re-signing with them to go back this last fall, which I did. Um, there was a coaching change, but wasn't really aware if that was going to happen or not, and that just wasn't working out great. Um, of course, with COVID, everything was still shut down. So it was really hard. Um, a lot of my old teammates at UND and Montana State just talked about how fun to travel on the off days and all the restaurants and everything. But for my experience, a lot of that was closed um, the whole two year and a half to two year span that I was there. So that was tough. It was just the apartment to the gym to games, a couple of restaurants if they were open, the grocery stores, and then just sightseeing as the outdoors. You couldn't really go into a lot of museums and stuff. Um, did get to go to Paris, though, right before I ended up coming home um, in November of this last year. So that was a really cool experience. Um, so then I came home in November. And once again, it was, I didn't know if I should just give it a rest and start the dental school journey or if I should just try get on a team after the January break, which is really common, kind of like a semester-based type thing where you can get on teams. Um, but once again, just not the greatest experience. I'm so thankful for what I did get, though, but it just wasn't quite where it could be. And I didn't think um, Europe was probably not going to be back to normal in terms of COVID and traveling and everything for another three, four, five years. And I knew I probably wouldn't play that long. So it was a tough choice, but I decided to start the dental school journey and whatnot. Um, and throughout that, I actually ended up getting able to be an assistant coach for my high school, my sister's high school basketball team. Um, so she was a senior this last year, so that was super fun, helping those girls. I worked with most of them before, so that was really cool. You know, a lot of them were, like, little sisters I used to babysit, so that was awesome. Well, and you come from a, a, 
you come from a family of coaching. I mean, your mom coached yeah. your volleyball, your dad coached you in basketball. So that's kind of full circle. It is. Yeah, it really is. And of course, I, neither one of my parents coach now anymore. So it was fun. It was fun to take on that role. And coaching is something I, I think if I didn't have any plans, I would definitely do. Um, I really love it. I've always loved when we, of course, in the summers had camp and we had to coach the kids on at college, on campus and stuff. And I just think coaching so far. And um, Blair Braxton, of course, coaching the Montana State girls after graduation. I was, you know, I was just jealous. Like, oh, that would be so fun and just awesome. But, of course, dentistry is a passion of mine. So I feel like I probably should get started down that road. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I helped coach those girls. I've done individual basketball skill development um, since I've been home, and I still do those in a variety of towns, um, all ages, boys and girls, uh, bartend a little bit. Um, my mom, like I said, is a chiropractor, so my sister and I help her a little bit here and there with the reception, front desk, all that good stuff. So a lot of little side hustles, so to say, <laughs> until I get to dental school now. Well, good for you. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference analyst here at ESPN Radio in studio. On to Anna's now. It's our Where Are They Now series. Fallon Freegi joining us here on the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Former Montana State Bobcat, former Big Sky Conference MVP, this weekend around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage, your hometown lender. Tried, trusted, proven. Contact Man Mortgage for more info. Missoula.manmortgage.com. You can also call the local office, 406 542 Whatever you have for her, Krista. Well, Fallon, I have. I just loved catching up with you this week. There were so many things and so many topics that we touched. Um, I had a chance, you know, to call all of your tournament games for your entire career. So starting at North Dakota, mm -hmm. you were there for three years. And then with the transfer to Montana State, had to sit that one year. But you came back, you know, your senior season. Um, I look at that team for Montana State and all these various pieces that had to fall into place for you to basically have like a dream season. I mean, you guys finished 23 and mm -hmm. 6, 19 and 1. Your only loss that year coming in overtime against Idaho, our good friend John Newley. Um, but you won that conference, the regular season conference, by four games. So, but, but there were so many pieces and question marks, but you came in and you were able to put those pieces together and make kind of a dream run. Can you talk about that team? Yeah, that weird year was definitely so special in so many ways. Um, of course, when transferring, I knew the pieces they had there. I was playing against the girls, but you know, for me, when I was transferring, it was more about the coaching environment, um, the style of the team, the culture, all that type of stuff. Of course, the championship is the goal, but that wasn't um, priority in my mind. Once I was leaving UND, um, of course, getting to campus and just being competitive and everything, of course, I just wanted to jump right in and learn all the plays and learn everything. And it was hard. The redshirt year was definitely hard. Um, but I think it allowed me to... Honestly, for one of the first times in my life, kind of had to be in a follower role. Um, I've just been very blessed being able to lead a lot, um, natural leader. I think my parents, definitely my grandparents, have always just shown me the ways to do things right and lead by example. So I think that's played a lot into a lot of leadership qualities I have. Great. I mean, Coach Ben has been phenomenal in teaching me so much in different books and everything. But that redshirt year, I definitely just observed more than I really ever have before. Um, 
it was hard to sit when you knew. I knew if I could be on the court in games, of course, watching and close games and losing games, it was just tough to know if I was out there, I could be helping and maybe we could win and all of those things. But come full circle, um, and as we talked before, my senior year being so, so, so special, I don't know if I would have had it any other way because I wouldn't have gotten to play with all the girls that I did get to play with, um, especially that talented freshman class that year we had. Darian playing big minutes with us, Cola, Maddie Jackson coming off the bench, giving us great minutes. Um, it was just so unique. We had Martha, of course, and I were the transfers, fifth-year seniors, and then Blair, Oli, and Madeline have been Bobcats forever and great minutes their whole careers. It was just so, so special. And I think we knew it was special, and we knew we had a lot of potential. Coach Ben hates that word. <laughs> just like that word, potential. It's just go get it and be that way. So um, we knew we had we had a lot of things in line, so to say, to be really special that year. Um, and it's just every day in practice. I mean, we pushed and pushed and pushed. And even when we were winning games, I mean, we were, I just felt like we weren't even to our peak yet because, I mean, leading up to going to the conference tournament, we were going so hard still in practice. Our scout team boys, I mean, they were scout team boys, I guess. When I got there, they've been there four or five years. So they understood what we needed out of them for practice, which I think was a huge part to really develop us, especially, you know, starters going against the second string, but we were going against boys. So um, it was really cool, really special year. And like you said, all those little pieces in so many critical ways. I just think like Blair and Madeline, both dominant post players and splitting minutes their whole career um, and couldn't be the best of friends. I mean, any better friends and just leaders and positive teammates. Um, Ole doing what Ole does, you know, just great. Um, Martha too, just, she's sneaky, but she has quiet, you know, 10, 15 point games. And it's like, wow, where did she even score? She was steadfast for your team. Yes, absolutely. It was just phenomenal. And I just think I got to totally bloom and just play the game how I used to play. I feel like my senior year in high school, obviously peaking to where my potential was. Um, for that age when I was in high school, but I just felt like at UND, I never really was kind of getting to that next step or, you know, how I envisioned I could play. But my redshirt year really helped with that mental side just to get back to playing free and just reading the game and making reads. And, I mean, it was pretty easy to do that when I have all those great pieces around me. Um, and I'm so honored, you know, with all the awards, but it really was, I could, I would not have been the player I was without my teammates. Like I said, practices were so intense and it was just so great and rewarding. You're just exhausted, but everyone, I mean, one through 10, however many plus extra girls we had, um, just going hard and battling each other, making each other better. It was just phenomenal. I, like I said, I, I just feel like how all of us seniors were playing was the best we've all played in our careers. And it was, it was just so rewarding to feel that all together as seniors. And of course, um, lead by example for those younger girls to hopefully carry on those sorts of culture things, um, and work ethic for many years to come. Um, yeah, it was, it was really special. I could not have imagined a better way to have a senior season. We're at the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference analyst, joining us in studio here on ESPN Radio. Coulter Duanez, found Fruji, our guest for our Where Are They Now series, which we've done throughout the summer. You can go check out previous episodes on the Nuanas Now podcast stream, as well as our various social media outlets. More with the 2020 Big Sky Conference MVP in just a little bit. 
around the Big Sky Women's Hoops this week, presented by Man Mortgage. Nuana's now back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Our little John Butler trio had a great time down there at the Kettle House Amphitheater two summers ago seeing uh, JBT. Welcome back anytime. What's up, everybody? Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. Coulter Nuanas, Krista Redpath. It's Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. It's our Where Are They Now series. This week, it's presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage, your hometown lender. Tried, trusted, proven. You can contact Man Mortgage for more information at Missoula.ManMortgage.com. Our guest for our Where Are They Now series this week Fallon Frigier, former Big Sky Conference Most Valuable Player at Montana State, and the only person I ever heard that said loved going to the dentist when she was a kid. Before we get to more with Fallon in just a minute, uh, Chris, I know Ryan Holloway and Miller, one of our uh, great partners here at ESPN Radio, uh, Paul Ryan, great friend of both of ours, Angie Miller as well, You know Nate Holloway, love those people. Uh, each one of them, good friends of ours and great supporters of ours, but they have been kind enough to uh, help us let you know about all the uh, – happenings in the world of youth sports. So tell people what's going on this week. Well, I just love this segment, Culture, because it's been so fun to reach out and talk to community leaders in Missoula. But t- today we're going to feature the Roots Movement Arts Center, owned by David and Marilee Stark. It's located in Missoula and has been teaching the youth of Missoula and the surrounding area for over 40 years. It's a local grassroots business that is built around community focused on child development using gymnastics and dance at Roots. Fitness is fun, and That's I love good. that. That's good. It's great. Um, great tagline. One program that I want to mention specifically is called the Movement Arts Club, and the Movement Arts Club, affectionately referred to as MAC, is their spin on preschool with an emphasis on physical movement. The focus is to build an engaging learning environment to foster both emotional and social development as they help prepare your little one for grade school. It's the perfect complement also to any child's existing preschool. Let's face it, the weather is really challenging in Missoula culture for nine months out of the year. Sometimes kids are more just kind of kept hold up and they have an acre and can do lots of different activities with your young ones. So tuition is paid entirely by families, but if any of our listeners or viewers are interested in donating or contributing to a scholarship offering or just to learn more about the Roots Movement Art Center, visit www.rootsacrosports.com. 
You can also send me a DM on my Twitter account at Krista Redpath, and I'll make sure to put you in contact with David or one of their skilled and friendly teachers. Love it. Thank you, Krista. Our youth sports segment each Thursday within Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana lawyers. Fallon Freeji joining us, former Montana State Bobcat here on uh, Nuanez Now. And Fallon, you were talking about your, we were remembering back to your your senior year, great Big Sky Conference championship year, one that was capped with you winning Big Sky Conference MVP. Uh, But you mentioned a couple of the gals you played with, including Oleana Squires, who has been in the news recently as well. She's going to go pursue pursue her professional dreams, going to go play over there in England. Uh, But it's fun because this series, we featured a bunch of young ladies that have gone and played overseas. So it seems as if, if you're a good player in the Big Sky Conference, you have an opportunity at least uh, to go continue playing. So, I mean, What's the, the transition like? I mean, how, how similar is the competition? And, and more importantly, though, how do you think your time playing in the Big Sky, both Montana State and North Dakota, uh, prepared you uh, to, to go play professionally uh, like you did the last couple of years? Yeah, um, huge shout-out to Ole. That's so awesome. Um, of course, post-graduation, her and I talked a lot about, you know, for sure we were going to do it. Um, so I was bummed for her when she didn't go right away. Um, you know, she was just navigating through a lot of different options in life and of more schooling and what next was next for her. So I'm so happy that she's going to get this opportunity to go. And I know that she's playing with uh, Mackenzie Johnston from the Grizz, of course. So that will be exciting that they're on the same team. Um, I actually got to see her and Lizzie Klinker from Idaho. They played um, in the second division, just the town a little bit away from us when I was in Germany. So we actually scrimmaged against them. So I did get to see those girls over there, which was so fun. Um, I believe they ended up winning their division, which is incredible. Of course, big sky girls, just awesome. Um, but yeah, I would definitely feel like the big sky does prepare you for what that is like. Of course, like I said, the height, the size, the speed of it is a lot different. Um, it is physical, but I would say you know, more like the Summit League, maybe more Midwest style of basketball, a lot bigger, hefty, strong girls where you're just constantly banging, where I think Big Sky and more Pac-12, that way is more finesse, long, lanky players, Um, a little bit different style of game, maybe, um, in my opinion. So I do think in Europe it is a mix of both. Um, The posts are big and tall and strong. Um, And, of course, the guards are flashy, fancy, more finesse type. So I do think that, the big sky really, I mean, for me, it wasn't much to adapt to aside just the speed just a little bit. Um, but we played fast, of course. Transition was a big focal point of ours at Montana State. So that was really nice to have such understanding of how a transition should work <laughs> and different looks you can get off of that. Um, the shot clock was shorter than the college shot clock. So a lot more shots up quicker. Um, defensively, just a quick, quick game, offense and defense. You know, you have to be able to move laterally, which once again, I feel like our strength and conditioning and athletic depart- our athletic trainers and everything um, did a lot of work with us to get us lateral better on defense when I was at Montana State, which was really cool to see just because I didn't feel at UND. Of course, I think we lifted a lot heavier, so I felt a lot stronger. Um, but defensively, I don't think I was as lateral we shall put it (laughs) as i was at montana state so um that was fun to just kind of i think adapt more as a women's basketball player was more of the focal point um strength and conditioning and agility wise at montana state which definitely helped me carry over into being able to you know guard some smaller girls guard a three guard instead of just the four or five um 
I was definitely a little undersized as a forward where a lot of systems um, that I played in, at least Germany and Sweden, the two teams I were on, they did more of a two post up um, instead of just like a four out one in type of thing. Um, once again, I don't know if that was just the coaching style or whatever, but um, yeah, I definitely had a guard, some smaller guards who were quicker being able to move laterally. And then of course, offensively knowing how to attack in different ways. And I think coach Ben totally allows us to play that way. Just read the defense and you, she trusts us that we've put the work in to make the right reads on how to score. So, so Fallon, I felt very prepared. going over. On that note, we got to go back and revisit back in 2020 and set the stage for what happened with the cancellation, with the COVID fallout. But you were number one seed. You came into that tournament. You played Northern Colorado. So you had the actual bye coming in because you're number one seed. You played Northern Colorado. You yourself had an incredible game, double-double, 12 rebounds, 15 points. It's like this just rolls off my tongue because I called all your games. Um, And then you went on to play Northern Arizona, and you had such a great game. You all played so well in front of a 1,000 fans in Boise. We were all in the arena together, and then all of a sudden the fallout happens where the cancellation occurs, and it's just, well, it actually just ended up being like dominoes around the nation. But I know Leon Costello, athletic director from Montana State, is the one who had to deliver the, the news to you about that. Can you take us through what that was like in Boise to get that news that the tournament is canceled? Yeah, that was um, incredibly tough. Um, I feel like I will never get that memory out of my head, how it all went down. So, of course, um, it kind of all just happened in hours worldwide, which is really bizarre. Um, and, of course, when the NBA and higher-up basketball programs are going on pause, um, I mean, we all felt we've been there, so let's just play this one last game. But I don't think that that was ever going to be allowed, <laughs> given the circumstances and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, we really, I mean, just hit us hard. We were all going to do a volunteering event at an elementary school. And then after that, we got on the bus and saw texts on our phones and, you know, the media and everything blowing up NBA-wise. And it was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And our coaches didn't come with us because they were having a coaches meeting. We just kind of felt it, just kind of that eerie, you know, like, oh, my gosh, like, do you think this is actually what's going to happen to us? And Leon is just so phenomenal. I just think he's one of the very best. Um, We were sitting in our conference room once we got back. We were all in circle around um, chairs, you know, and everything. And he told us what the decision was. And, I mean, we're all in tears, and no one's even looking at each other. And then you look up, and everyone's just sobbing. And, I mean, for us seniors, it was just so shocked still. Like, wow, is this really, really how this is ending? And, you know, Coach Ben, all the coaching staff, Sonny Smallwood, all of them are trying to be positive, you know. Maybe they'll have March Madness still with no fans, and we'd be the team to go since we won the um, in-season championship and whatnot um but that slowly disappeared like yeah that's no way that's gonna happen um that was hard that was really miserable like I said it was just like we were in shock um I just remember like I I didn't even know what to think and feel it was just a childhood dream of mine to play in NCAA tournament uh, Martha got to do that at her first college Blair I was the only senior that was left to get that one last chance. And like I said, I just, it was, it was awful. Just all the 
dedication and sacrifice my whole life leading up to this moment of fulfilling that little kid dream to be on that big stage and you know really feeling like we were in a good position to beat Idaho um would have been close maybe but I just think that our best was yet to come still and as we as I said earlier we were practicing so well still and we felt like we still had like one more gear to reach and you know, the who knows of what seed we would have got and predicted. I think we wouldn't have been the last seed, that's for sure, in our region. Um, you know, and what if we could have won one or two games? Just would have been so awesome um, to officially set some more records instead of just tying some. But, yeah, it was it was very tough. I still, you know, every March Madness, I just, I just look at the TV and I love watching it. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. Those girls got that opportunity this year. It was just great, but... Of course, there's that little piece in me that's like, oh, I just wanted that more than anything. So we'll, we'll come tough, back. But. We'll come back to exactly that. That's what we'll get you out of here on. But Fallon Frigi joining us, Montana State, uh, former standout and North Dakota standout as well. The Big Sky Conference MVP at MSU. It's around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath uh, in studio. It's our Where Are They Now series uh, with Fallon. I know, Chris, you had a, a question exa- about exactly that, uh, just about uh, last year's Big Sky tournament. Well, it's it's interesting because. Fallon, you, um, it's hard, you, taking away nothing from your team in terms of, you know, you left it all on the floor and you did everything you could do. So as we're talking about the COVID cancellation and there's not anything you could do about it, but it certainly set the stage for success for Montana State. When I look at those young players that were freshmen, when you were senior, Darian White, Cola Bad Bear, these players this year, Um, leaning on that leadership that you provided. Montana State has been the leaders of the conference since you left. And I don't think they're going anywhere this next year with another loaded roster. So talk a little bit about their team. Yeah, I think um, that was a big, important piece. You know, as captains, Ole Blair and I, and as seniors, um, including Martha and Madeline as well, you know, it was more than just us having a great year. We did talk often about culturing these younger girls, leading um, by example, so, you know, we could set for them to carry on and them to teach younger girls so that this was, this is what Montana State is and it wasn't going to fluctuate um, for at least a good amount of years was really our mindset. Um, and like I said, we had active conversations about this stuff. It wasn't just by chance. Um, Tori Martell, I think another great girl that came off the bench for us, um, started some for us my senior year you know they had a, a, a harder year um, that first year after but this last year I think she really carried on cultivating those younger girls and leading by example and this year as they were all juniors that freshman class I just think they totally took off and just so incredible to watch and like I said I mean they all of them so sweet and kind you know they're all texting us and giving us notice um, in their interviews and talking about you know, the COVID year as the COVID team, so to say, and that all of this was just building up to that moment. And that means just so much, you know, getting to impact um, them as people too and as students and not just as basketball players um, and friendships that carry on because of that special bond, even if it was sad. (laughs) Um, I just think it's just so much fun to be a part of that and to see those girls succeed. Of course, wanting that for them more than anything. Blair getting to be a coach with all of that. Um, was just so special, cheering them on from afar. I mean, I was in tears of joy the whole game, the celebration. It was, it was cool. It was just so special to see that finally come to fruition. Well, it's great catching up with you, Fallon, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Best of luck with dental school. <laughs> but uh, first and foremost, thanks so much for taking some time for us here today. Thank you, Fallon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me.
Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst in studio. Fallon Freegie joining us on the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. Um, great interview. Wonderful to hear fr- from her. Um, I will, we'll end with this, Chris. I think that, first of all, thanks so much to Man Mortgage for their uh, continued support of us here uh, at Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Man Mortgage, your hometown lender, tried, trusted, and proven. Uh, thanks to Rob Fleming and his team for all of your interest and support in uh, women's basketball around Montana. There's so many um, different crazy things going on in college sports right now. And I think that sometimes we try to live in this black and white world because it's easier to understand. And things are either good or bad. They're great or they're not. This is the greatest ever or the worst ever. And sometimes it's so much more towards the middle. And I think that we've let a lot of, uh, to be frank, adults in the situation, a lot of coaches and a lot of old media people tell us that the NCAA transfer portal is the devil and that college sports is ruined and all of that. That's a young lady that had a, a good opportunity at North Dakota. I mean, she was she was Miss North Dakota. She was the player of the year in her state coming out of high school. She goes to UND. She was playing a ton. She was an all-Big Sky player. It wasn't a playing time issue. She just didn't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and decided she was going to go somewhere else. She wanted something better for herself. She transfers. She becomes a Big Sky MVP. What I'm telling you, people, is there's a lot of positive things that can happen in this world of college sports as well. Found Free G being one of them. Well, for sure. And, and you take a look at Coach Binford. She's done such a great job of building the program, but she isn't afraid to go after those transfers. Sure. You look at Claire Lundberg, Martha Kuderer, Fallon Freegie. Those are transfers. Now, that was back when you actually had to sit a for year. Sure. So Fallon did have to sit a year. Um, but, but you know, it's one thing that we didn't bring up in our conversation. Montana State was number two for her. She was looking between North Dakota and Montana State right out of high school. Sure. So when Coach Binford found that she was wanting to leave, they kind of just picked right up where they left off. And I just love listening to Fallon talk this week about the relationship with the coaches, Sunny Smallwood, obviously huge part of that. Um, And you look at that um, piece, Coulter, and you have to think that some programs have to figure out a way to utilize those transfers, and Coach Benford has done that. I think that's it. You just have to have a systematic strategy. I mean, the the funniest part when we talk about Grizz football is that Bobby Houck talks on the record about how he hates the transfer portal, and Coach Houck's going to go start like 10 guys from the transfer portal this year, and guess what? Most of them you don't even think of as transfers because he finds the right fit for his team. It's all about just finding the right fit. Trisha Benford has done a great job as that uh, as anybody uh, in the conference. Got to mention this too. There was a press release about this last week. We didn't get to it, but I think that that's a a, a reason why. I mean, you look at Claire Lindbergh. She's a physics major, major, right? I mean, an incredibly uh, high aptitude young lady. Fallon Fridgey wants to become a dentist. The academic draw of Montana State is a huge draw as well. And last week they announced that Montana State once again had one of the top percentage-wise GPAs in, in all of women's college basketball. I mean, they have finished in the in the top ten in overall team GPA many times under Trisha Binford. So not only is Coach Ben sending young ladies to the pros, she's also sending them to pretty high-level graduate schools and medical school and all, all sorts of fun stuff. But uh, a true testament to what the program's about there at MSU. For sure, you look at. Fallon, you know, she came in and she was a psychology major. She found her way at Montana State. And academically, you just you just nailed it, Coulter, when you said that there's so much more that extends past basketball. And I think they found that combination at Montana State. Again, you got to bring up the assistant coaches, Katie Bussey now. Yep. Um, Sunny Smallwood, Blair Braxton is long, no longer with Montana State, but she was just critical in bridging that gap with generations. And, and you just have to hand it to their entire program. Nuan is now ESPN Radio from... Um, such 
great and, uh, how do you say, wholesome content to baseball. It's off the hinge. It's not that it's any sort of controversy, but we got trades. We got $100 million, hundreds of million-dollar deals, and we maybe have a swing in the pennant race. What's going on in Major League Baseball? We'll analyze, and we'll have some laughs coming up in hour number two as well. Closing it on the end of hour number one, but some Major League Baseball talk to take you into the 5 o'clock hour. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. I couldn't get it done. One of our great friends, Austin Tutel. You know, you already know. For those following along, he used to be Tutel Nuanas. Ryan's his older brother. Austin, one of my best friends. You don't care. He was at the Chili Peppers, though down in Denver, and uh, I tried. I tried to make it happen, but I wanted to be here with you guys. But, man, I bet you that's a rocking show. I got to see them. That's like it's like my bucket list. I got to get a, at least one Chili Peppers show before it's all said and done. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Closing in on hour number one. I want to talk a little baseball. We're maybe going to come back to baseball in uh, the second hour as well. But we talked a little bit about the Juan Soto trade right off the top uh, on the trade deadline a couple days ago earlier this week. But I just really want to know what it means because I, I find it fascinating. You look at the Padres lineup, and first of all, I'd love to read a future story just about the Padres front office and what ignited them to just decide that they're just going to be the craziest disruptors in, in the major leagues. I mean, they had one of the most uh, newsworthy off-seasons I can remember by a team that's not the Yankees or the Red Sox. And then they also went out and made one of the biggest deadline deals ever, and they went from afterthought to, like, almost super team, yet they're still 12 games behind the other super team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, in the National League West. So uh, have you got a chance to compartmentalize this, Andrew? I mean, any further thoughts on this, uh, just in terms of what the Padres did and uh, how much of a threat it actually makes them? Oh, it makes them an incredible threat. It's not the first time that uh, the San Diego Padres have done something like this. This is sort of their GM's uh, modus operandi. I mean, and you remember that 2014-2015 offseason when they traded for Justin Upton, traded for Craig, Craig Kimbrell, right, traded right. for Matt Kemp. That's right. Like, I that forgot was that his they traded for Matt year. Kemp. That's right. That was his first year on the job, and sort of not a lot of those moves worked out, and they've spent the intervening years building up the prospect depth and building up the organization, right. I guess, so he could do it again. Yeah. Interesting to think that this this guy's kind of been calling the shots for He's had two, you're right, two cycles of this. Two did shots it, at it. Did it early, then tried to build up the sort of the foundation, and then boom, um, does it again. So I guess the two-part question, is there any chance the Padres can catch the Dodgers? But And secondly, though, does it even matter? No. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. And no, they, they won't. I mean, they're, I'm looking at the standings right now. They're 11 and a half games back. The Dodgers are actually the best team in the league right now, or the best team in baseball. I know all the talk was about the New York Yankees. 
but the Dodgers now have 71 wins against 33 losses. Uh, they are probably the best organization in baseball when it comes to uh, the money that they have, the development of players that they're able to accomplish, um, and y- you you know you pair that with a smart front office in terms of acquisitions. The Dodgers are, are basically an unstoppable machine, but none of that matters in a seven-game series, right? It is uh, it is interesting because you, you just got to get a ticket, right? You just got to get a ticket to the to the dance. You got to figure out a way to get in the playoffs, and if you can, then uh, you're certainly going to be a contender. Okay, one more baseball question before we wrap up hour number one. The other day, uh, Aaron Judge homered again, forty three home runs now, and. Uh, he's not quite on the pace to to break what I think most baseball purists think is the single-season home run record. That's 61. Uh, but d- does he have any shot at this? Uh, about 40 games left. So he, he would need probably, I think he'd, he'd need 19 more home runs to to break like the, the truly quote-unquote hallowed record. He's not going to get to 70. He's not hitting 27 more home runs in 40 games. But does he have any shot at 61? I think he. Pro- I think he does. I think your math is a little bit off. For one thing, uh, there's about probably fifty to sixty games okay. left. Right. Right. Okay. That's good. Okay. So uh, that's actually intriguing. Okay. So I think. Th- I think the chase for sixty is going to be a, a really important uh, a story that's going to develop a lot uh, as we get later in the season. You're right. Yankees are seventy and thirty six. By the way, that's so, a, that's a ridiculous uh, deal. But they, that means they have what fifty six games left. That's right. Yeah, because 162. Okay. Okay. So 18 out of 56. So you're talking like one out of every three games, basically. And the pace that he's been on, I mean, he can and he can rip off, you know, five home runs in a week and uh, yeah. go way ahead of that pace. I think, you know, I'm waiting to see what the media coverage of that will be like as he gets right. closer to it if he keeps up this pace. Because I still remember, you know, the the Halkion days of the. Of the actual home run chase with Barry totally. Bonds and... Uh, or even before that with Mark McGuire and, and Sammy Sosa. I mean, Long Lost Summer was such a great 30 for 30. Little box in the corner of every newspaper in the country. Always. Updating the guys' totals man. the next day. I, I think I think this all the time because you are, a, a in your heart, a newspaper man, as am I. And I know that we have sort of rebranded ourselves so that we can, you know, live in good places and, and all that stuff. But one of the most underrated parts of the the uh, decline of newspapers is that the box scores man i used to look at every single major league baseball box score in the paper every single day yeah it was such an easy way to follow it five minutes boom you know oh judge hit two home runs last night oh shohei otani like got two hits and also pitched eight strong innings you know it, it was so much easier it's, it's really too bad but um you're right there hasn't been as much coverage of this and you wonder if the media just feels uh, scorned by you know sort of the the the, the falsity of, of the last home run chases I I don't know but but we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date because I'm actually very intrigued in this I think that Judge is a very um, Ruthian like character I mean he's not Babe Ruth but he is he has legendary size he's got legendary clout and if he could be if, if, the, the one of the things that's eluded him is having like that stamp of that like that brand name unforgettable, historic... Like Baseball cares uh, about uh, numbers, man. That, that's right. Like, if you get to that special mark, like 50 home runs, now you're, now, you know, people remember you. If you get to 60, though, now you're on hallowed ground. Now, now people are talking about you forever. It's the easiest sport to analyze via statistic. 
We'll talk more about this throughout the uh, the day and week, but we got to get out. Our good friend Carolyn swings by next. The Chicker Does No Sports. A bunch of laughs coming for you here on your Thursday. Keep it right here. New is now ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.